You, you can't effectively change your habits until you start to change the story you're telling yourself about who you are. And so he gave a couple of examples in the book. Say you are trying to quit smoking. Somebody offers you a cigarette. You can either say, thanks, I'm trying to quit. Or you can say, I'm not a smoker. It's a subtle shift, but he said every choice you make is a vote for the person you want to become. Welcome to Real FM Rewind, where we hit the rewind button to catch up and pause to go a little deeper. Here's Anson, Kara, and Zoe. What's up, friends? Welcome back to Real FM Rewind B-Side. My name is Kara, hanging out with Anson and Zoe in the studio today. We're kicking things off with Zoe, who's got our on repeat. And on repeat for this week, I'm talking about Strangers by Curtis Hoppy and Roy Tosh. Tell me, who this stranger So already listening to Real FM, as I often do, I'm like, man, this song's a banger. This song's awesome. And then, do you know, my turn for repeat. So I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I want to talk about strangers. And so I go through the lyrics, you know, doing my due research diligence. Yes. And I'm like, these lyrics are reminding me of a couple things that I love. Okay. And the lyrics, just to give you a little taste, back in the day, never read a book, but them red letters hit my dead heart. And I came to life and I changed up. Now they want to know who's this stranger. Mm. So, you know, talking about the new life that we get when we go to Jesus and how we become new people in Jesus, right? And how some people might look at you different when Mm. you become a new Christian. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're like someone like me who grew up in a Christian home, maybe it's not exactly the same thing. But I know from testimonial stories of other people who were like radically changed Mm. when they became a Christian, like maybe later in life, that this is like a thing. Right. Yeah. And so the, the lyrics and like the story of strangers reminded me of two things that I think you guys will appreciate. One is another song that I grew up listening to when I was younger. Uh, Jesus Freak by <laughs> DC Talk, oh, yes. which is one of my favorites because it's all about not being ashamed of being crazy about Jesus, you know, being a Jesus freak, which mm-hmm. I know this song isn't the same thing, but it, it reminded yeah. me of that feeling. Right. Oh, yes. But the other more important thing that it reminded me of, you could say, <laughs> is the story of St. Augustine or Augustine. You can say it different ways. I grew up saying St. Augustine, but my Catholic friends have told me it's Augustine. <laughs> oh, uh, did not know so, this. So do you guys know this story? I don't think so. I'm not sure. Okay. (laughs) I am a big history nerd. So the wonderful St. Augustine, he was a young adult in his 20s and he has wrote this himself and he's wrote many books. He's a theologian, you know, he's a saint, wrote many books. And I believe it's in his book Confessions where he talked about his early adolescence. He was not a Christian at the time. He kind of like did whatever he wanted to do. He describes even a story where he like took one bite of an apple and threw it to the pigs. He just like did not care. Mm. He was very like, you know, whatever. Right. Mm. And then one day, young Augustine was somewhere in you know the Mediterranean area where he lives. And this is the cool part. He came across this open facing Bible. This Bible was just sitting there and he came up to it And the words just like hit him Hmm. and he had read, shoot, now I'm blanking. I should have looked this up before. But it was like of one of the verses in John, I believe it was. It was Uh like the really impactful part of John, (laughs) which could be any impactful (laughs) part of John. As opposed to the really unimpactful part. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's again going back to this, the song about the red letters hit my dead heart. Uh, Okay. So there was these words in the Bible that smacked 
Augustine right in the face and he was changed. And I, that story has stuck with me. The details have fallen by the wayside, (laughs) but the details that always stuck out to me was how he was like minding his own business, came across the Bible, the words hit him and he was changed forever. And he Hmm. became one of my favorite saints, one of my favorite theologians. And so, yeah, this song reminded me of that story and just the power that we can have when we are changed and unfortunately become strangers to our friends. (laughs) But... (laughs) But, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting uh, correlation. Fun fact <laughs> with I, very few details from Zoe. It's okay. <laughs> I love this song, though. I mean, yeah. this is one of those, like, first time I heard it kind of songs. Like, ah, like, mm. I'm going to play this one a lot. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I have. Yeah. No, yes. no, yes. no, 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 as they would say. It's a very catchy, <laughs> fun song. It's very well done. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's a fun song. It's It's really good. We interrupt this program to bring you a pause. All right, it's my turn to press pause. And we actually talked a little bit about this last week. Anson, you were talking about habits and kind of how sometimes you lose momentum and it's hard to start those habits back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading a book about habits. You might have heard of it. It's called Atomic Habits. Oh, by yes. James yes. Clear. It's I've a, heard of it. It's a big deal. Um, it's sold like 15 million copies it's or something crazy. Highly recommended across. Wow. Yeah, things, it's, yeah, and it's been around for a while. I'm just now getting around to it. So uh, I am learning a lot about habits right now. And one of the things that he said that I've kind of been dwelling on, talking about the role identity plays in forming new habits, and also, honestly, in, in getting rid of old habits. So he said, the most effective way to change your habits is to focus not on what you want to achieve, but on who you want to become. Mm. And I think that's an interesting point, because a lot of times with habits and goals, and especially around this time of year, what we're often focusing on is the achievement part. Mm. We're focusing on, I, I need to do this. I need to lose this much weight. I want to make this much money. I want to do all these things. And he's like, really, the point of a habit is to help you become who you want to become. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so I just think that's a really interesting concept. And he's he's basically saying, you, you can't effectively change your habits until you start to change the story you're telling yourself mm. about who you are. And so he gave a couple of examples in the book, like, say you are trying to quit smoking. Somebody offers you a cigarette. You can either say, thanks, I'm trying to quit. Or you can say, I'm not a smoker. So you are mm. changing the story you are telling yourself about yourself. Mm. And it it's a subtle shift. Mm-hmm. But he said... Every choice you make is a vote for the person you want to become. Right. Interesting. So for me this year, the example I thought of is I am trying to read more this year. But why am I trying to read more this year? Because I want to be a learner. Like mm. that is an identity that I own. So I'm motivated to develop a habit to read more consistently. So I just think that's an interesting concept and not something that I really usually think about when I think about habits. And I was curious, are there any habits in your life um, Mm -hmm. and something that you have really been able to like grasp and hold on to something and make it work for you? And you've seen the role that identity played in that? Or maybe there's something in in this year that you've been thinking about that you can kind of see the correlation there. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And I, I think like what comes to mind for me as you describe that is if you are trying to build up a habit without that kind of identity component Mm -hmm. present, you basically are trying to build up a habit without an underlying why. Yeah. Right. Like you don't have a a real reason for doing what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So like I've talked about running a lot because that's a big 
part of my life and a habit that I've developed yeah. over the course of many, many years. And I think the reason why that was ultimately successful for me is because I decided like I want to be a healthy person physically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I don't go run when it's zero degrees outside and there's <laughs> snow on the ground just because like I, I need to go run. Like, yeah, that's not a reason. Right. No. I need to run because running is a good thing for people to do, according to some people. Like, right, that's right. A, that's a very flimsy reason. It's not enough. And mm. that reason like breaks down really fast. Like I said, when it's zero degrees outside yeah. and there's snow on the ground. Exactly. You're like, yeah, no stupid people do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to do that. I don't like, want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But then when you have that kind of underlying why answered and you're like, no, I I run not because like I just I need to run four times a week for no reason, but because I want to be a healthy person. Part of the underlying kind of identity for me with that one is when I am 65 years old, mm-hmm. I want to be an active person. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. I want to be able to be a physically active, capable person right. when I'm a senior. Yes. And I really love the way that you put that. Like every run that I go on is a vote for that yeah. future reality. Yep. Right. Like exactly. I'm, I'm logging that away for that future. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes, it doesn't matter whether there's snow on the ground. It doesn't matter whether it's zero degrees or 50 degrees or a hundred degrees. We don't do this because we need to do it today. We do it because mm-hmm. this is what I want to be in the future. Right. And this is a vote towards that. Right. Right. And so it just, it removes all of the like variables and stuff from the equation from the day to day. Yeah. Because it's not about today. Yeah. It's about a future goal. Yeah. Right. And I think you're so right when we focus on the day to day of building a habit. And I think it's really easy, especially around like January of a new mm-hmm. year to do this. Yeah. Because if we don't have a really clear why that is behind our resolutions or our new habits we're trying to form, it gets all too easy to focus on right now, today. Do I feel like doing this? Do I yeah. not feel like doing this? Like all, all of those variables that mm-hmm. invariably derail us when we're trying to build a new habit. Like anytime you hit resistance, if your Mm -hmm. why isn't strong enough or if it isn't obvious, that's what James Clear would say. If it isn't obvious why you want to do this and obvious to you, then the resistance is going to be too much. Right. Uh, Yes. Resistance is going to be strong at some point or another. Exactly. Like no matter what habit you're trying to build, something is going to run into that. That's going to have merit. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be hard. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're right. Like that obviousness is the strength of the goal. Like Mm -hmm. you have to know why you're doing it. Exactly. It's just not going to work. Yeah. And I also liked in the example that you gave from the book Mm -hmm. of like, Hey, do you want a cigarette? Yeah. The, uh, the two options. Could you read them again? I don't remember the word. Yeah. Like basically trying to, yeah. Basically one of them is like, no, thanks. I'm trying to quit. Uh The other one was like, no, I'm not a smoker. smoker. And what I really like about that example (laughs) reminded me of Yoda, but it's, it's applicable. Oh yeah. There's no try, only do. do or like yeah, when yeah. we give ourselves an out, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm trying. You yeah. know, you're you're mm-hmm. giving yourself a lot of slack, and we do need grace. Obviously, we're going to mm-hmm. make mistakes and stuff. But if we force ourselves to commit, say no, I'm not a smoker. Like that's a definite thing, mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah. I'm not very good at it. Like, you know, <laughs> I sometimes yeah. like get at my husband when he's like, I'll try, and I'm like, No, you're going to do it, or you're not. Gonna 
going to do it. Do you Yoda him at that point? I, well, I, I try That's to be awesome. that way too. You know, even yeah. the Bible no, says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And maybe yeah. I'm too hard on myself <laughs> where I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it. Right. But again, I fail because maybe I need this identity piece. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me is the interesting point though, because you could try to just brute force your way to mm-hmm. a habit, right? Of like, right. I am so strong and so committed. I'm going to do this no matter what. Right. right? I think that. And then I yeah. just completely fumble it. <laughs> right. But it, like, I've done that too, right? Yeah. But Same. it still yeah. doesn't work be, if the if the why mm-hmm. isn't there. If the reason why you're doing and, it isn't obvious, right? And then like, because I'm like, oh, I'm going to be so strong. I'm going to do this. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to be so proud of myself. And then I fumble it. And I'm like, I'm weak. I can't yeah. do it. horrible person. It makes, it makes the failure that much worse yeah. right because yeah. you're like wow i was so committed i thought yeah. to yeah. doing this thing and i still couldn't do it and then you start asking questions like what is wrong with me why yes. am i such a failure right. why can i never follow right. through on anything mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that starts to become your yeah. identity right that's the story you tell yourself and, and who that you are becomes uh, sabotage yeah. then you stop trying new resolutions and habits altogether because yeah. what's the point i've never actually achieved one Exactly. Yeah. So I was listening to a podcast that was an interview with this author earlier today as well. And she was asking him some questions about some of these things. She was saying, sometimes habits feel super rigid, super black and white. And I have this idea in my head that if I form this habit, I will never fail. Mm. Like I will never not do this. Mm. And that is just a recipe for disaster. Even if you have your why in place, Mm. which you do, because Anson, we talked last week, you got sick. And you couldn't run yeah. for a couple of weeks. Right. That happens. Yes. So he talked about how, okay, listen, this is not about perfection. If you're hitting your your habits, like maybe it's like 70 to 90% of the time, that's good. Mm-hmm. And the key is basically you have a plan for how to restart mm-hmm. when you run into an obstacle because yes. it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. But the why is essential. And I think that the plan for what happens when you fall down, because you're gonna (laughs) and like 70 to 90 percent of the time is good. Yeah, that's success. Yeah. Well, like, for example, like if your goal is health, right? Like I said, like I want to be like a healthy senior. Yeah. If I injure my knee. Yeah. as a part of running. Mm. And now all of a sudden I can't run the next day. Right. Well, the whole point of what I'm trying to do isn't just to run an just arbitrary run. number of times yeah. a week just for no reason. If that was it, that would feel really disappointing that I couldn't mm. do what I wanted to do. Yep. But if the goal is to be a healthy person, running my knee into the ground isn't yeah, going to achieve healthy. me that goal either. Mm. Right. And so yeah. in that case, it's actually part of my goal, I guess you could Mm. say to back off for a minute and rest and then recover and then get back at it again. Mm, And so so I think that almost kind of builds in a little bit of flexibility when you have Mm. that idea in mind, right? Like Mm. same thing with the smoking example. If you did fall off the wagon once and, and you got a cigarette back out, if your mindset is I'm trying to quit and you have a cigarette well, then you failed like objectively mm, because you didn't you yeah. didn't succeed at what you were trying to do. Yeah. Right. But if you're not a smoker, but you did smoke one time under extreme duress or stress or whatever, that doesn't necessarily change. Yeah. No, this is not who I am. I'm not doing this all the time. Right. Right. And so it almost gives you a little more grace, I think, mm, to yeah. get back on the train again after something goes mm-hmm. wrong. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. It's such a good framework to, mm-hmm. to help rethink some of these things and take them out of the realm of just achievement and performance yeah. and start reframing like, what kind of person do I want to become? Fast forward. 
All right, it's time to talk about something that I am looking forward to. Going to go in a little bit different direction for this week's episode. I am really looking forward to the new Chronicles of Narnia <gasps> no. series Greta that Gerwig. is coming to Netflix. Come no. on, though, Greta Gerwig. No you and I what? had a whole podcast so episode about Greta Gerwig. I don't like Greta Gerwig. I know, right? but oh, I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm so I don't want Greta Gerwig, Gerwig touching my Chronicles of Narnia. What? Oh Come my on, goodness, she's uh-uh. so creative. It's going to be so mm. good. <laughs> Just because you didn't like Barbie, or because you don't like her other projects? So either? I do want to watch some of Greta's other work. She yeah. was very praised for Lady Bird, which I haven't seen, and I really want to see the Little Women. That oh. she did with Timothy Chalamet. Stop it. You haven't seen that? I haven't. So I you're just, criticizing so this let, person listen, over one movie. One movie. Is that well, what's happening? It's not just Greta Gerwig, I will say. It's okay. concerning. <laughs> this is turning into real review all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> it concerns me the choice of Greta because of what the Barbie movie was for me. And I know Karen and I, we had a very interesting conversation yes, about we it. we disagree. <laughs> there are things that I think were good about Barbie, but there are some things that concern me about Barbie. And I would be concerned about agendas because Netflix also has this reputation. I would be concerned about agendas being put into C.S. Lewis's world uh-huh. and its characters and its story, which would be completely contrary to what C.S. Lewis would want for his vision. All right. And I really love the first movie that you know, Disney had produced way back. I don't know what year that was. I was like a small the child. 2005 one? Yeah, well, the, the first yeah. one. Well, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. There are many. older ones, too. But oh, okay. Well, not from I'm, Disney, necessarily. Yeah, I'm talking about the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe from one. From 2005. Like, I, I'm going to assume okay. it was 2005. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. Um, I was that. watching like Narnia adaptations <laughs> yeah. in like the yeah. early 90s. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. So that movie <laughs> probably was, was, that one. was very interesting because it was actually directed by the same director who did Shrek. And Ooh. that's really interesting because he knew the story of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe so well that he added something that wasn't originally in the book, but it fit perfectly that no one even noticed. Hmm. And it's the part at the end where Aslan has come to the battlefield. Spoilers. Um, he's come to the <laughs> battlefield and you know how he comes in and all the battlefield kind of like whooshes uh-huh. away and it's still. And this is the part that the director added. Aslan says, it is finished, which is just chills because it hammers home again the analogy of Jesus mm-hmm. and everything like that. So the fact that he respected the source material and the analogy so much that he added, it is finished. He's resurrected. Jesus, is, you know, Aslan has come back. Like, it's so beautiful and perfect. Yeah. I don't think Greta Gerwig's going to be able I don't, to I don't know. do that. All right. OK, we should I've, stop I've heard, arguing. Go I've ahead. heard you out. OK, I'll yes. stop now. And I'll I stop. disagree almost 110 OK, we are like, a complete different Could not disagree with you more. This, but that's, that's OK. Fine. That's so fine. here's here's where I'm at. All right. Okay, tell me. Greta Gerwig has uh, she comes from a Christian background. Yeah. She understands Christian subculture very well, I would say. Um, that's why she was actually chosen by Netflix for this project is because of her Christian upbringing and her Christian background. And then she had this to say uh, she was talking, uh, I think it was earlier this week to BBC Radio. She was interviewed by them and they were asking her about this kind of upcoming project. And she was say, she said this. I'm slightly in the place uh, in a place of terror because I have so much reverence for Narnia. I love Narnia so much as a child. I read the books over and over again. And as an adult, C.S. Lewis is a thinker and a writer, and I'm honestly intimidated by doing this. It's something that feels like a worthy thing to be intimidated by. Mm. As a non-British person, I feel a particular sense of wanting to do it correctly. She said it's like when Americans do Shakespeare, there's a slight feeling of reverence as if maybe we should treat it with extra care because he's not our countryman. And then one of the Netflix 
suits. I don't know who he is. Uh, said something about, you know, Gerwig grew up with this Christian background. C.S. Lewis books are very much based in uh, Christian uh, culture. And so that's why we think it was a great opportunity for her. So she's thrilled she's working on it for us. Thrilled to be in business with her. She's an incredible talent. Excited to see where it goes. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so like I I, I think like she's the perfect choice for yeah. all of the reasons that you just stated. Um, okay. That she's going, eh, let me finish. Okay, I'll let you finish. That she's going to be very reverent and respectful uh, yeah. of the source material. But also, I didn't love the adaptations in the early 2000s. Not the ones after um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. They switched directors and direction, which okay. I agree with you, they suck. But the first <laughs> Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, that one that I was mentioning earlier, yeah. that was a good adaptation. I don't think it was bad. I don't. I don't hate it, but I think it could be done better Um, because I I think ultimately Greta Gerwig is a better filmmaker. Like, Mm. and I think the combination of like her understanding and familiarity with and reverence for the source material in combination with just her filmmaking acumen, which I can understand. I've seen the Barbie movie now and I probably come down more on like Kara's view of that movie than yours. Um, But I can understand the concern about the idea of, inserting an agenda or something mm-hmm. into this like beloved material. But I feel like just from a pure like filmmaking mm-hmm. perspective, especially if you go watch some of her other stuff, yes. it's yes. really hard to deny that she's well, not a good filmmaker. was very well made. Like, I think yeah. I said that with yeah. you, Kara. Like it's yeah. very well done. So that, that part feels like a slam dunk to me. The, okay. the like yeah. filmmaking acumen side, mm-hmm. you know. Concerns about like her inserting some sort of agenda or something into the source material. I respect your right to have that opinion. That seems like the furthest thing from my mind of when it comes to her. Like, I, because I, she's not feels, a concern of mine. Because it but, feels like she's approaching it, like you said, with reverence and awe and like yeah. fear almost. She grew up, and she grew up <laughs> reading know? the books. She's yeah. very, it's not like, mm-hmm. a, yeah, you yeah. know, somebody that's just coming to these as an right. adult. Yeah. Going to mm. figure them out. Right. And mm-hmm. try to make a movie out of them. So, yeah. In any case. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it because I, I think someone might finally be able to do these books that I've loved mm. since childhood justice. And I'm not sure it's ever quite been done. I'm going to wait to see. <laughs> That's fair. That's a That's fair, fair position. That's yeah, right. um, It certainly has never been done. I agree. The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe from 2005 was a good movie. It's certainly never been done over the course of the whole the series. The entire series. I agree. Yeah. And there's yes. some really great stories within that series that have never been attempted. Been yeah. The my, Horse and the Boy, right? Yeah, like, the Horse and His I Boy is one of my favorite books of the whole yeah. series. And yeah. that one would make a great movie, I think, but it's oh, never yeah. been attempted. So yeah. there's some other ones that might be harder to adapt. The only thing I would say that I was a little surprised by is that they're going the movie route again, as opposed to like a series. Yeah. Because I kind of thought. That is surprising. Like some of these books might actually work better as a as a series I, than, than movies. But I, actually, I don't know. Yeah, that would be cool. I don't want to divulge us more into movie talk, but <laughs> I actually think the movie route would maybe suit better because something I see with Netflix is their series, and this is not even just Netflix, this is like streaming services, but if they have a series, Disney Plus has been very guilty of this, they just add so much filler to add oh, to things. And sometimes. I know with books it's a little different because you have a ton there, mm-hmm. but I think a movie you know, the time limits are not a bad thing sometimes like sure. to get a story across and it is a children's book. It's not that big. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So I think it works within a two hour. Yeah, or I don't, less I'm not frame. saying I don't think it can. Yeah. I'm just since like the Narnia movies historically have struggled. I'm kind of surprised mm-hmm. they weren't like, let's try something different. That's true. You know? mm-hmm. But the reason I have this as the subject of my fast forward today is just because I think this has as much potential to be 
the best adaptations of these movies that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait Maybe and see. Maybe if you're Zoe. I will um, definitely do but, a podcast and have you guys <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll I will, I will join in happily <laughs> yeah. uh, to discuss Narnia yes. and Greta Gerwig. So. All right. And until then, well, not until then. We'll see you before then because that's going to be a while until that comes out. <laughs> until next time, hope you have a great week and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Real FM Rewind. Make sure to check out all of our podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. And don't forget, be kind and rewind. Rewind.